The following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We are not anywhere near as experienced as a real financial advisor, so none of our advice should be taken as real serious financial advice. If you lose a whole lot of money, we'll laugh at you. In all seriousness, please do your due diligence before investing in any sort of financial product and enjoy the show. Hello, Magnitudians. Welcome back to the weekly Magnitude podcast with your host, yours truly, Andrew, Timor, and Chris. And today on the Magnitude podcast, not exactly sure what we're going to talk about, but that's that's the usual occurrence and it's always an adventure. Stocks, news, and <laughs> tech. Yep, that works. Yep. Yeah, those two things. World and tech news. Yeah, we actually have segments now. What a concept. <laughs> Let's just jump right into it and have fun with it. All right, so our first segment is, you probably already guessed it, uh, impulse buys. Did anyone uh, make their impulse buys this week? I actually have to double check if I did. Well, I, I'll start uh, because you motivated me to buy something, <laughs> which was the notorious Corsair. Hell yeah. I bought five shares at $40 yesterday. Whoa. Which I realized looking at the history of the uh, price was possibly not a great price at all, but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's so scary to me, but... Well, it keeps going up. Like a good kind of scary? It's like, a, it's like an overall good kind of scary because the fear is that I don't want to miss out on gains, and there's a lower potential... Mm-hmm for me to lose a lot of money or any at all at this point. That's the same issue I ran to ICLN when I first started it, and now I've made several hundred dollars with ICLN. ICLN is so amazing. <laughs> oh, it finally broke $22 in other news. Hey. Um, but yeah, uh, Corsair. Fucking amazing, apparently. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. It's the GOAT. You're welcome. Yeah, just to keep going with Corsair for a little bit. Um, so I guess, like we say, say in our like disclaimer, everything. None of us are, you know, stock professionals. So uh, the what I'm about to get into isn't like, oh, you should definitely jump on this. This is just my take on Corsair, and that's that my personal opinion on where it would eventually settle in the future um obviously after a couple of slowdowns but i think it'll settle somewhere around 120 eventually um and that's kind of just like my own relative proportion of how it compares to logitech Uh, logitech's sitting around 80 something right now and i'm pretty convinced myself that corsair is a higher value company than Logitech just in the just like looking at their products how many Corsair products I have versus <laughs> Logitech products <laughs> and I guess the quality of the products and even their um, advertising too um, I just see Corsair's name mentioned a decent amount more than Logitech stuff I, I usually hear about Logitech Um, products when people are talking about budget items but i know they do have top end things as well so back to back to the price point um 120 i think it's going to settle like long term um obviously after slowdowns i think it's going to slow down at like 80 and then 100 again but 
overall 120 and so my my personal price point is like i'd hope to get it get in at um okay no later than 40 and it's already at 40 right now so that's i'm in a real <laughs> real uh, anxiety point right now so monday's gonna be a real hoot but um so i want no more than 40 because i want the opportunity to triple some of my money and if i can get it at a lower price point then oh, it's even better that's that's a really ambitious goal but at the same time i have more faith in corsair <laughs> to do it just because my logitech mouse uh double clicks so i've learn to use my trackpad instead really it's that bad um a mouse actually convinced me to switch back to the trackpad um, <laughs> logitech makes the only mice mouse i ever use that's the only thing i would give yeah from. i'm not buying another logitech mouse i'll buy another mouse not one from logitech <laughs> Then again, is it a is it one of the gaming mics or is it one of their generic? No, it's one like, of those generic like USB. Okay, well, there's your problem. Yeah. It cost me thirty bucks. You think <laughs> they put a good capacitor over the button or some shit, right? <laughs> nah. <laughs> what if it's just like the connection where it's like touching it twice? <laughs> Shitty engineering and QC. Yeah, that. <laughs> don't trust them. <laughs> I don't actually even use a Logitech or Corsair mouse. I can't use a generic mouse because me personally, I'm looking for, I've been looking for like mm -hmm. bigger mice that can hold all of my fingers on it. So like my pinky, so it's not like rubbing against the table or the mouse. Weird mat, flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> how is that? How is that a flex? Let me know if you find something because I have the same issue. Oh, um, actually, I kind of did find something well the one i'm using now it can hold my pinky on it but in a slightly less comfortable way i thought it would but i saw i think it was a corsair mouse or some other mouse that was like modular modular oh is it that razor one with the with the side buttons or uh, was it like the kraken or something maybe it it was either Corsair or Razer, but um, yeah, it had these um, changeable sides, so you can swap it out for one that can hold your pinky on it and whatnot, and that's for both the thumb and the pinky side. So th that might be my next mouse, although I'm still pretty happy with what I have now, just because it has so many buttons. The one I'm looking at doesn't have buttons. Oof. I had yeah. a few impulse buys. Um... So, remember earlier in the week when we started getting all that vaccine news, right? Pfizer at 90% efficiency, and then, uh, what was it, Moderna at 95, and then Pfizer was like, wait, no, 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 and then they erased the 90% and changed it to 95. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how lab results work. Yep, you just, you just erase the bad <laughs> results because they're outliers and they don't count. <laughs> oh, the college memories. Don't do that in college, kids. Or, yeah, I mean, if it's for a grade, who, who cares? Um, yeah, so what happened was I'm pretty well invested into, into BioNTech and Pfizer. Um, so their stock shot up by a whole lot when they first announced, but then shot back down when Moderna announced. So I ended up thinking, all right, so if... You know, everyone's kind of freaked about, or if everyone's forgotten about Biontech and Pfizer, 
and are jumping onto the Moderna bandwagon. This is a good opportunity for me to load up on BioNTech so I can, you know, turn a turn a nice profit. So I ended up buying eight shares of BioNTech uh, to add to my existing. I'm at uh, 10 shares total right now, which makes up like a 13th of my portfolio. But BioNTech just pretty much went straight up from there, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, but I'm going to keep holding in the in the long term. The other thing that I did, and this is one of those kind of weird long-term bets, and it really is like much more speculation than, than um, you know, a, a safe, you know, low-risk, high-reward kind of thing. I bought Bitcoin. I bought 500 bucks worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. Stressful. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in PayPal, so it doesn't even show in my... Uh, like in personal capital or in any of my other financial aggregator apps. So I feel like that's more stressful. No, it's great. Out of sight, out of mind. And um, I think in the most like infuriating possible thing that could happen, I'm already up like 5% on that, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Being up 5% on my entire portfolio would literally make me jump for joy. But with Bitcoin, I mean, I don't know, 5% up one day. 5% down the next. Um, but yeah, I, I started reading up on price predictions and other things that might influence the uh, price of Bitcoin. And the main thing I came up with was, A, just the fact that we're in this kind of weird economy where the Federal Reserve is printing a whole lot of money, meaning the dollar will be worth less compared to the Bitcoin over time. So... If I hold Bitcoin now, while there's still less dollars in circulation, relatively speaking, then I might come out on top later when there's more dollars and therefore the Bitcoin is worth more dollars later on. Um, beating inflation and, you know, probably growing more as a function of people's interest in it rather than, you know, needing to worry about any, any dumb things like market cap or profitability. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those those were my two big buys this uh, this time around. Is cryptocurrency in general and Bitcoin specifically, I guess, um, are they regulated at all, or are they still just kind nope. of the wild west of investing? No, no SIPSI, no FDIC. If I lose it, I lose it. So good luck. Yeah, oh, baby. Um, I ended up buying it through PayPal, by the way. Um, so I've heard some things about that that are, you know, not so great and other things about it that are a little bit safer. For example, PayPal doesn't uh, provide you with the uh, Bitcoin wallet key. So um, they're keeping it very heavily regulated inside their walled garden, as it were. Um, so if that ends up becoming a problem, what I might do is just cash out of it and then buy it in a place that does expose the wallet key to me because... I feel like we're the kind of people that are technically savvy enough to make that work. But yeah, that that's the only kind of caveat that I have right now for using PayPal to buy Bitcoin. Fair. Uh, Andrew, did you make any impulse buys? Yeah, I was just looking at uh, prices. <laughs> I was just looking at the prices for Bitcoin mm -hmm. and Ethereum again. It seemed like they followed a similar trend of like the stocks this year when they Wait, no, that's not even this. I mean, they dropped a little bit from the April crash. I mean, that's not surprising. It is still money at the end of the day, and it's, you know, the economy is all tied together. It just didn't drop 
as I don't think it dropped as much as any stocks. But yeah, it's just something to look at. Okay, so Andrew's impulse buys. So I didn't have any impulse buys this week, but I had an impulse sell, which is a good twist, but as I mean, we can include it. Maybe we'll change it to impulse <laughs> transactions. Who knows? But <laughs> but yeah, so much to everyone's uh I don't have a word for this, but <laughs> unexpectation. Uh, <laughs> Tesla kind of rose from the grave for a little bit, and they rose all the way back up to like where the hype was when they were about to split their stocks. Um, right now, it's sitting at 489, which is a very fair price. It's a good, good and fair price above where <laughs> I bought it at, and. But at the time where it was actually on the rise to this sort of number, I was just like, here's my one and only chance. I don't want to risk it just crashing back down to 400 again. So I'm going to take my 2500 out of there at the same price that I bought it at <laughs> and just cut my, you know, just cut my risk. So because I wanted to free up some money that I can use in other places like Corsair or Unity just like not have to think about what the news going on with Tesla like I don't even know why it went up there was some news about what was it there there was something about one dude or one like news outlet saying something about Tesla and then it rose up because it, it had like a really good long-term play or something uh Maybe don't quote me on that because I can't find it right now, but... If I find an article for it or you find something later, just let me know and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, perfect. Okay, well, either way, there is some some word and then I guess a bunch of people just jumped on it <laughs> and then it just shot all the way back up to where it was. And so, yeah, impulse sell to just get my everything out of there. <laughs> That's fair. This is This is why, again, I don't invest in Tesla. I do, because I'm a high-risk kind of person. Says the guy investing in cryptocurrency. <laughs> you had a better position at, That's than me. True. You had a better position than me, so I wouldn't blame you. Oh, yeah. It's easily my highest performing stock right now. Not even yeah. close. Uh, my average was 416, so it's, what, at 480 or something right now? I'm, I'm happy. Well, once... <laughs> um, I was saying... Uh, once the Corsair stock matures enough, I'm thinking that's going to be the best performing stock, like, overall. But we can, we can, like, have our own, you know, <laughs> that's quarrel fair. on that. <laughs> Whenever. Yeah. Just, um, the other uh-huh. thing was that, uh, I follow ARK Invest, like, a lot Who? for most of their, uh, ARK. Uh, oh, you know, yes. Wood. Yep. Yeah. The investment um, firm. Um, yeah. Super smart, like... You know, if, if she says something, I'll take that as gospel. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they originally had a price target for Bitcoin. Uh, sorry, not Bitcoin. For Tesla at a pre-split of 7000 <laughs> So that comes out to about 1400 post-split. And at 400 right now, that, that's sounding real good. So, you know, I mean, if Tesla drops again yeah. to around 400 ish I'm sure I'll add another share. I mean, that was the price that I was would have bought it at, like, if I wanted to put more money back into it. Because I already figured that 
going from 400 to the price where it is now would be a really good gain for me as well. But I just wanted to just not think about <laughs> Tesla ever again. I totally get it. But if it does go back down, yeah, if it does go back down, I can consider putting some money back into it. There isn't a lot of really big news. Uh, the main one was, in fact, Pfizer yeah. and Moderna Duke can get out in terms of who can get their vaccine out first. Um, thing about that is that that's still a super long way away. So, you know, the actual, you know, investing side of that news of having uh, a vaccine available and allowing everybody to reopen, that's still easily like four to six months away. Like, yeah. I, I can't see into the future. I don't know when exactly we'll be able to reopen. But I will say that if I was going to invest purely based on that piece of news, I would probably start buying up REITs again. I'd I'd be smart about it, of course. Uh, But, for example, commercial property REITs or uh, retail REITs, you know, like Simon Property Group, I'd probably jump back into those. Sorry, what's that word you're saying? REIT. That starts with an Uh, Oh, what's a a real estate investment trust. Thank you. So, basically, these are... uh, these are stocks. Well, yeah, they are stocks, but stocks and companies that buy real estate and then allow people to rent it out, right? So you'll have different classes of REITs, such as commercial REITs, which rent space out to companies, right? You know, for office space and, and, and uh, workshop space and so on. And you'll have retail REITs, you know, that'll uh, rent out space to malls and, and restaurants. And you'll have... Uh, you know, housing REITs, I guess, you know, that rent out space to people uh, to live in. Um, So you kind of got to be careful as to which kind of REIT you buy at any given time, right? Because let's say you bought uh, commercial slash retail REITs um, at the beginning of the virus, you'd be screwed because there's no way that tenants of, you know, restaurant tenants, for example, are going to pay any rent when they're not making any money either. Um, right. So because the vaccine is now on the table, even if it's not you know happening presently, uh, like we are convinced that it's going to be here eventually, um, if I wanted to invest right now, I'd go for a REIT just because A, the, um, the price basis that you could get a REIT for right now is super cheap, right? And also the REITs have much higher dividends, even though they're taxed at um, ordinary income at ordinary income levels. So you would be paying a little bit more taxes on the dividends of those REITs. But if you had enough of them, right, you'd be getting an excellent price basis for what four, five, six percent dividend payout. Like that's that's good. Yeah. So if you had to make a recommendation on one to buy. Ooh, okay. Uh, if you wanted to go real safe, I'd go for DLR or CCI. That's Digital Real uh, Realty Trust. I'm blanking on the last one. Trust. That's the one. Right. Yeah, and the other one's Crown Castle International, and they both do real estate for five uh, G and cell towers. Oh, yeah. That's that's got smart. To be yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, those two are super safe. If you wanted to gamble a little bit more i would probably go with something like simon property group which does 
retail REITs, right? They hold places like Cheesecake Factory or Nordstrom, right, or any other kind of higher-end, okay, you know, restaurants and, and malls and shopping centers and so on. Um, here in Massachusetts, actually, I, I can't go, like, more than 30 miles without seeing another Simon Property Group shopping center. I'm pretty um, sure um, Pacific Place Mall okay. in downtown Seattle is, too. Not, don't quote me on that, but 90% sure on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they'd be kind of a higher risk, higher reward kind of play when, when it comes to that. I held Simon Property Group earlier because I okay. thought they'd be safe, but, you know, they kept going down. So I ended up selling it, you know, just to, uh, pretty much a break even. What did you sell it at? Uh, I believe I sold it at, uh, I tried selling at 69 for the meme. Um, <laughs> it ended up getting filled at like. <laughs> I do that too often. <laughs> it ended up getting filled at like 70. I wasn't happy. I, I, re- I literally just want to find the guy that, you know, bought it for me and give him a dollar so it could, so I could have made 69 bucks on it. Um, it's back up to 81. Yeah. Um. But I, I personally yeah. would stay away because I don't believe yeah. in the concept of malls. Uh, I have one quick clarif- mm-hmm. clarifying question on REITs. It's probably just a curious question, but um, if you were walking around like the the area where the property was, is there something that could tell you if it was a if it was like managed by one of these groups? Like, I know when there's construction, it'll have like the construction company, but and sometimes when it's this space is for sale it'll say um this this space is for rent do you think would one of these like simon property group brand be yeah on the yeah no they um on the they show that thing? off like they have the logo they have okay. the this is a simon mall or you know a, a simon shopping okay, center or whatever it is yeah so like i'm looking at an example here um it's uh, Northgate Mall in Seattle, and they have the logo of Simon Group, and it says Northgate a Simon Center below it. So they're they're very okay. out there with their That's branding. Awesome, you just have to know to look for it. And I've already noticed that I can find these um, property groups on on Weeble. So that's awesome. All set to even look into it. <laughs> Thanks for the idea. I mean, real estate's always a pretty good investment, and this is a. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tamor, but this is a pretty easy way for most people to get into investing in real estate and get the similar benefits as investing in the full-on real estate. Obviously, you know, not as much, but nowhere near as much risk either. Yeah, I, I've actually, like, been looking at real estate investing, just, you know, kind of as a theoretical exercise, how easy would it be, how much time would it take? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I feel like for people that don't want to bother actually, you know, dealing with tenants and so on that reads are way better because not only are you not you know leveraging and having to pay a bank back you just hold the company's stock so you know they're catering to you as well as their tenant which is which is kind of nice oh and just one other clarifying question Mm -hmm. slash curiosity um not every property is owned by one of these groups right or managed by one of these groups it's just property that they might buy and then manage themselves right yeah i mean not it's like saying not every mall is a simon property group mall but there's a lot of them and you know you kind of know one when you see one yeah (laughs) okay and it and it's based on the the value of the land 
not the not the stores that are there. Like the stores can change, but it's it's about the land. Oh, oh, okay. This is a this is a good question. No, actually, it is about the stores. Okay. Um, so uh, from what I've read about okay. REITs and about commercial slash retail real estate, anyway, um, is that they actually charge rent based on a company's profits, you know, plus some general overhead. So if a company makes a lot more okay. on that retail space, the landlord or the REIT can charge more, which is exceptional. <laughs> I'm I'm psyched about that. I feel bad for the company, but <laughs> I feel good for us. <laughs> Never feel bad for the company. Oh, they're all corporations. <laughs> um, okay. The other thing, and this thing is even more important... After they finish paying themselves and, you know, paying all the salaries and stuff that go into managing a REIT, REITs are legally obliged to pay out, like, 90% of their gross profits to shareholders. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw that on a on Yeah, an that's, why they're, um, that's why their dividends are higher, but also why they're taxed more. Because, at the end of the day, the stockholders want... You know, profiting primarily from the REIT. Oh, there's one other REIT actually that I that I that just came to mind. Oh, Realty Income pays out every month rather than every quarter. It, apparently, it's really popular with uh, with retirement, well, uh, with people in retirement, because yeah. you know it gets you that monthly paycheck to to keep it going. I'll definitely be looking into that at some point when we're looking at getting back into the the usual. <laughs> Close to normal society. <laughs> All right. Um, so if that's it for, I guess, stock news slash REITs, um, do, you, do you guys have any world tech news? I have one that I want to discuss, uh, but if you guys have something you want to discuss first, feel free to. All right, Chris, take it away. Okay. Well, in typical Chris fashion, uh, mine is regarding Apple. Shocker. Um and I believe we've talked about this before. I'm not sure if we have it uploaded or not. Um, but there's been a bit of back and forth regarding Apple's privacy notice or, um, or privacy features that they have um, in iOS 14. And they haven't fully released it yet, but it was called... Um, what did they call it? Um, app Tracking Transparency. Oh, Yes, I think I just heard about this last night. Yes, um, and they're going back and forth with Facebook on this. Essentially, what Apple's trying to do is make it so that you can't track between apps, um, between third-party, first-party apps, and have at least some tra- form of transparency for you know the people using the devices so that they can monitor their own data instead of you know Facebook getting all of their data and abusing their data. You know how Facebook is. Right. And they've just been going back and forth on this some people saying you know apple shouldn't have the right to control that some people saying apple's doing their own nastiness with abusing people's data i have a quote from facebook here that says they're using their dominant market position to self-preference their own data collection while making it nearly impossible for their competitors to use the same data they claim it's about privacy but it's about profit is what facebook stance is and yeah yeah that i heard this whole just um watching uh, i think it was a linus tech news video uh the the wan show or whatever 
I don't think I was watching the Wan show, but it was on like their their tech news show. Ah, uh, okay. I, I don't know which one. I watch a lot of their shit, so I don't know. Um, but I want to know uh, which which side of this argument would you guys be on? Would you be on the side of Apple or Facebook oh. if you had to <laughs> if you had a gun to your head and had to pick? Let's say. Oh, if I do have to pick, then I'm definitely gonna go with Apple. But my general take was that I mean I, I, my I would bet that both sides are right. I know people, a lot of people don't like you know centralist mindsets, but it's not even from that sort of basis. It's just like um, it's just that I would believe uh, when Facebook says, or really anyone, if anyone said that. Apple is trying to uh, hinder other companies, um, their data tracking, so that, I mean, and they would continue to do their own as hypocrites, pretty much. I would believe that. Um, because, I mean, it's still their platform, and they're not, they're, they're just telling us what other companies do. They're not telling us what they're doing, really. So I would believe that. And just because there's still the chance that they can do it, not that they are, but. Yeah, um, I would jump to Apple side just because um, maybe the fewer companies that are doing it all together, then maybe the better my experience could be. Although I don't know, I don't know what if it's I don't know if the effects are just to like you know the ad recommendations or the ad um, personalization, or if it's to like track certain things about your um apps that you're using and i don't know just storing that info well i think it's it's all mixed together for that it's you know using all of that data that they gather from tracking all your apps and everything to recommend better ads to then make better money yeah i mean i I can't say i'm a fan of either company like going back to your question about you know if somebody held a gun to my head and said hey pick facebook or or apple side I would probably say something to the effect of, yeah, okay, shoot me then. There's no winning with this one, right? You got Facebook with all their problems on, uh, on like, allowing super hard right, like, you know, memes and, and uh, allowing people to purchase, you know, ads that are completely, well, purchase and run ad space that is completely untrue, you know, and, like, election meddling and all that other stuff that makes Facebook a horrible, you know, uh, reference of what good privacy and or business behavior is. And then on the other hand, you've got Apple, who, um, I only heard about this, uh, this thing recently, um, in their new Mac OS Big Sur, uh, apparently they're, you know, monitoring all the apps you use, as well as using that T2 chip, which makes it harder for third-party repair shops to you know repair existing Macs, mm-hmm. so I, I can't say either of them are really that good at uh at you know advocating for privacy rights and well the other thing and this is kind of like the main problem unless you're using linux like people are well apple or you know google or whoever Microsoft. are definitely watching like yeah, Microsoft, yeah. you're definitely watching everything you're doing anyway. So th- there's no winning. Yeah, you know, like it no. sucks to say, but that's just kind of the world we're living in right now. It would take some serious legislation on the entire world scale 
to to change that, and I don't think they're going to do that, for being perfectly honest with you here. Well, so, yeah, that gets into the whole Black Mirror thing of, you know, is it even ethical? Is it good? I mean, there are certain good things that come from big data, but it's it's too hard to say, I think. Um, I can give you, like, a personal slash sort of anecdotal sure. take on it. If this only affects um, ad personalization and, you know, the types of things that I'm recommended, say you're, like, scrolling through Facebook and it gives you an ad on the side or maybe a video ad while you're scrolling that's for like a game or a, a product closing product that you might um, wear or something um, in that sort of sense uh, I usually turn like um, you know ad tracking off on most of my stuff but sometimes for maybe I, maybe I don't even fully track when I do this but sometimes I leave them on because <laughs> Because, like, if I'm going to get an ad anyways, I, sometimes I'm just like, I may as well get an ad for something I want to see. <laughs> uh, because depending on, like, what platform it is, say, it's like a gaming platform in general. Maybe I don't want to get ads for, like, toothpaste or, <laughs> I don't know, school supplies. <laughs> Maybe I want to get ads for other games or something or gaming peripherals, yeah. Um, so... If I'm ever if I'm ever thinking of something like that, I might just leave ad tracking on. Um, but that's really about it. Just for like you know the sake of creating that atmosphere in whatever application I'm using. I don't know about Facebook, but I do know Google definitely does. Um, they do sell off your data too, and like you know give it to other people to use as well. So I don't know if Facebook's in that business or not, but it's at least worth considering and i wouldn't be surprised with how successful the business facebook is if they're doing something of that sort okay one thing i do try to turn off all the time though is location tracking like on my phone and on the desktop while i'm browsing google and anything i mean i'm on tinder and bumble and other dating apps so yeah yeah that's, it's not a good excuse by any kind of separate. it's not a good excuse by any any stretch but <laughs> Like, at the same time, there's so much that uses location, you know? You want to get directions to, I don't know, name the city that you're using location, right? And you've just yeah. given Google <laughs> the exact path you've gone through every place you've stopped and, and so on. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, when I when I need to, I'll, I'll turn it on or I'll allow the application to use it whenever. The one... That the one that I like is on at least app products is you can set it so that's only while you're using the app. So if I have the Google Maps app closed, it's yeah. not tracking my location at all. But if I'm, you know, navigating or whatever, obviously I need my location. Um, so I think that's a kind of nice, happy middle ground. Obviously, yeah. you know, Google's still getting your data whenever you're navigating or whenever you open Google Maps. So it's, it's a win-lose. The thing is, though, that kind of bothers me is that it keeps asking google will keep asking you to share your location even when you're not using google maps so even if you just googled like what's this restaurant it'll ask you can google wants to know your location and i'm just like get out of here i just want to see this restaurant well, so that's just google being obnoxious yeah and I, I feel like i've seen it for every single thing that i've googled like even if it's just a product to buy It'll ask me my location. Maybe it wants to, you know, recommend me the closer stores. Um, but things like that where it just asks me for my location out of the blue, 
or any random time I'm just saying no as much as possible I wish I could just set it so that it just says no automatically unless I opt in but yeah I generally just like keep just limit it as much as I can unless I need it you know Google Maps I'm obviously using it while driving as well and yeah for any other um, application or browser or anything like that even Windows will ask you for your location when you're setting it up yeah. for like weather purposes no I don't even use that yeah I just just keep it off and I, I don't need the extra stuff yeah going back to the main topic I want to express my opinion here which is I think one there's no correct answer but I think that I know I'm obviously often an Apple fanboy, sheep, whatever you want to call me. I don't really care. <laughs> Sheeple. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Um, <laughs> call me what you want. Um, but I will admit, you know, Apple's not perfect here. And I know they, you know, they stored user data and I know they use my data for nefarious things. Um, but I do think they are at least better than Google or Facebook. And I'd rather they have my data than Google or Facebook, which, again, is a moral gray area. Do I trust them to be better than Facebook and Google? And, you know, giving them that trust is something that's hard to do because, you know, when I give them all of it, it's, well, if they betray me now, I'm fucked. Uh, but so far, <laughs> they haven't. So I do kind of I do kind of get your sentiment on it. As I was watching the whatever video on this news topic, I mean, it sounded like Apple had like even some other, you know, um, privacy slash, you know, um, I don't know if it's you would call them rules or like terms of service, but they had their own like self-regulations for some some privacy stuff. And I mean, Apple's still even under has been under scrutiny for a lot of things like in the past and they've acknowledged th some of those those things when they came out and i don't know if they made real adjustments but i know they at least acknowledged it i think i'm mainly the biggest one i'm thinking of is just like the the battery slowdowns or the the phone slowdowns with the later ios updates do you know if they changed anything about that or if they just acknowledged it and are still doing it so the big thing they did was they implemented the battery health tracking thing in the settings app, as well as they let you manually control if it's going to slow down your phone or not. So you can go into battery health and you can, uh, I guess you don't have the option if your battery is at 100%, uh, but you can turn on or off the feature that will slow it down to give you better battery life. Oh, you mean the low power mode, right? Returns yellow? It's No, it's not the low power mode. It's a special mode that once your battery hits like a certain health criteria so you know my battery health is at 100 because i just got this phone um but on an older phone if you open it up and it was like 80 percent, there'd be an option for you to um slow down your iphone in exchange for maintaining decent battery life which i agree they shouldn't be forcing it on people i don't think it's good for oh. them to force that onto people but i do think it is a good option to have Okay. Is it the peak performance capability? Uh, yes. Built-in dynamic software and hardware systems will help counter performance impacts that may be noticed as your iPhone battery chemically ages. Do you have an option to turn that on? Um, battery what's health? What's the header for you? Yeah, battery health is, like, it gives me, I go into it and I have 
three more yep. headers. One is maximum yep. capacity, the next is peak performance capability, and third is optimized battery charging. Peak performance capability, can you toggle that or no? It's not a toggle, and it's already on, <laughs> and it gives me an option to disable it. <laughs> okay, well, what's your um, what's your maximum capacity then? Um, yeah, it's exactly 80%. <laughs> I think 80% is the threshold which, with, with which they turn that on. So you can turn that off, but you'll have worse battery life. I think they turn it on by default still. That makes sense. I'd say that's fair because it's like a, I'd say, let's just say four years from now. I've had this one for at least four years. The reasoning it's saying under the peak performance capability is um, my iPhone has experienced unexpected shutdowns because the battery was unable to deliver the necessary peak power. So it's saying they turned it on because of that. Yes, usually. That's the thing is if you turn this feature off, then your phone can shut down at 10% or something. Okay, cool. That's, That's actually good to know. (laughs) because <laughs> I, I i figured it was just because it was cold weather i know that can happen as well but it wasn't cold the last time it did it it's also i mean it's just lithium-ion that, batteries aren't designed to be used for four or five years realistically oh okay or, well they they're more so nowadays but still it's it's we're stretching the limits of what lithium-ion can do is lithium-ion the one that uh over time starts developing those like tendrils that like start piercing through the center uh, of the battery lithium ion batteries the reason why they explode is because um and i might be getting my chemistry wrong here did i just but like <laughs> what hold on did i walk into a different genre <laughs> of podcast sorry I, just, I, I heard about that i was like wait a minute i think i i think i know why um it does yeah no it's because over time they start developing like these tendril things that go through the center of the battery and effectively short it and just that's why it blows up over time. Because, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you have a phone that's like swelling in the back, or if you have a laptop that's swelling, get rid of it. <laughs> like, that's that's maybe the best advice I can give anybody for anything. Yeah. So one day my iPhone just might blow up. <laughs> no, you'll you'll be able to tell. Like the back will start to like round, and you'll be like, "What okay. the hell is this?" And then you'll Google around, and you'll be like. <laughs> Oh, I should really take it to a doctor. <laughs> no, that's the genius bar. <laughs> yeah, doc. They're they're if they're geniuses, they better have PhDs. Right? Uh huh. Yeah, they're that's not... what we call those college students, that they? They're not, uh, <laughs> you know, college students working a part time job. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're there because they're they have PhDs in iPhoneery. <laughs> PhDs and Apple shenanigans, but yeah, that's that's all good information to know. I'll keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe in general, just get a new phone, Andrew. Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. You have a 6S Plus still, right? Yep, still kicking strong. That's that's over four years old, dude. I don't think I got it when it came out, unless I did. I mean, it's still, you probably at latest got it 2016. So yeah, four years old, okay. Four or five years old, damn, yeah. Right, yeah. And this is why you buy an iPhone, people. It lasts <laughs> four or five years, apparently, and still gets software updates. To be fair, on the like most conservative side, I don't. I'm not the type of person that uses my phone all the time. Like I could have it on the side of my table for like all day while I'm working or while I'm playing games or something. Um, at times, I've just left it in my room and not looked at it all day, and to add on to that i have 
for my service, I even have like um, Ting, which is pay for what you use, so that I so when I'm not using it, I don't have to pay that much in terms of a sell bill. So yeah, I'm that kind of person. But th- that's that's pretty typical for a lot of Americans. Though you have to think about that, or a lot of users in general, not necessarily Americans, who don't yeah. use every aspect of their phone to the fullest extent. Extent like probably I or Timur does. I mean, there's a reason I need the latest iPhone. Yeah, if anyone's being economical with their phone in this same or similar regard, then I would recommend like services like that. But the biggest thing which is apparently the battery which is what we're discussing is that i don't overcharge it i don't charge it at night when i can remember not to <laughs> so just to preserve that battery with that uh in that same menu optimized battery charging is your best friend because it uh it does exactly that pre- prevents battery aging what do you mean iPhone learns from your daily charging routine so it can wait to finish charging past 80% until you need to use it so it would stop charging yeah, so we'll get to 80% so that it doesn't um, degrade the lithium-ion battery, and then right before you wake up, it will charge up to, you know, 95 100% so that you have a full charge for as little time as possible to prevent battery degradation. That is nuts. I didn't know they had that feature. When did that get added in? Was it around the same time? I think, yeah, around the same time um, when they got under all that flack for battery stuff. That's actually huge. Because I can just leave it charging if I have that on. Well, I'll figure that out and research that some other time. With the last five minutes of world tech news, um, I might have a story or something. Well, I didn't look at everything regarding this, but there's I don't think there's much to it. It's simple and straight. <laughs> um, so I'm like a... So in the past, I've been to like super smash brothers tournaments so i I would say i'm like you know (laughs) semi-competitive in the game um you know i mainly play the most recent ones so i played smash 4 when it was out that was on the wii u and now i play the current one ultimate nice um (laughs) who do you main just out of yeah in ultimate falco the bird nice (laughs) <laughs> best character in the game <clears throat> but he's not but he is in my heart <laughs> um <laughs> did you know he prefers the air so <clears throat> this news isn't about either of those games it's about the second game of the in its iteration of these games which is melee um came out in 2001 was on the gamecube um that game has a diehard uh, fan base and community of gamers that are still playing it to this day on a large scale. I think it might even be larger than the current, um, you know, latest games uh, community, well, yeah, community of players, competitive players at least. And so Melee has been going strong like ever since it came out with tournaments, like, yeah, tournaments, uh, Small tournaments, big tournaments, um, you know, like locals, regionals, nationals, mm-hmm. pretty much all levels. And n- as you know, that game doesn't have an online feature. <laughs> so it took a hard, the community took a hard hit during when COVID came. But fortunately, there was, um, there was like a saving grace of, because this one 
this one man, this one <laughs> generous or like, you know, determined man, he made the game, he made a mod that allowed for um, better online play. Um, there was already a mod for online play for Melee on the computer, but he made one that has a rollback feature so that um, whenever there's any desyncing issues with, you know, the connection or ping, um, both players will still be synced up to the same, you know, frames and timings of the game so that one person isn't doing something that the other can't see. Um, so, yeah, it'll just <laughs> roll back to the syncing them up again. And so that sort of revolutionized online melee and that allowed for, um, you know, um, tourney officials to continue hosting their tournaments even into COVID um, because it felt like playing offline for the most part and so you know you would have that you know optimal <laughs> optimal frame <laughs> uh, fairness and whatnot but the news is that I'm talking about today is um, there is a tournament called the Big House that was scheduled to be happening soon-ish um, but Nintendo sent them a cease and desist to to stream the uh like pretty much gameplay of the the mod that they were using um it's called slippy by the way s-l-i-p-p-i i'll put a link in the description yeah yeah so nintendo just sent a cease and desist for the mod pretty much being streamed they've done the same thing for other melee mods um one called Project M, which like makes made Brawl play like Melee. Ooh, I <laughs> uh, as you can see, people like Melee a lot. <laughs> no, Melee was a cult classic. Brawl was actually worse than Melee because it changed up a whole lot of the ways that some characters. Yeah, going from Melee to Brawl was just <laughs> it, it made me cringe. Yeah. But <laughs> but it had it had some highlights. Yeah, so that's really just the news itself. Um, because this. Melee is like a really strong uh, community where the the fans are like and the and the players are diehard pretty much for the game because there's the game is you know the game's so intricate it has all these different you know unintended um, consequences or glitches or you know exploits but those are what makes the game unique and have a lot of depth and things to learn about and so just over time it's kind of the same story it just seems like nintendo's just like trying to kill their own game or their own games community which it just sounds counterintuitive counter productive to the community's standpoint but obviously to them they want people looking at the newest game so that because that's the one they're gonna people can buy or would buy now nintendo if you're listening <laughs> When you do this, you need to have an alternative for people. So if you want to shut down this online tournament thing, make an alternative for people that they can pay you for. So if that's, you know, you know Smash Ultimate Online or you re-release Smash Melee on the Switch with online features. Melee HD. Yeah. <laughs> Retexture it. Give people what they want. If you give people what they want, they will throw money at you, Nintendo. You, I know you are already, you know, clearing shelves with Nintendo Switches. Give people a reason, more reasons to buy your product. 
you know, especially if you're going to try to shut something like this down that ha- that's supporting your fan base, you need to give people an option. Yeah, I was just going to say, yo, they forced Sakurai to put Steve in Smash, uh, the latest Smash. Like, on the release, um, yeah, on the release stream slash um, uh, YouTube video, <laughs> you could tell that Sakurai was not happy about it. <laughs> 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 he was just like he, he was he was being passive aggressive <laughs> about what the higher ups like asked him to do because he was like they asked me to put steve in smash and i was just thinking do you know how much work this is gonna take <laughs> i'm gonna have to remake like entire parts of the game just to make him function properly but you know i'm me i did it <laughs> you know for the fans for you <laughs> sold my soul to the devil but yeah, <laughs> I just think it's really funny. The disconnect with um, maybe the corporate versus um, what people want versus what, I guess, maybe, I don't know, some of the creators want. But yeah, it's a, it's a funny world. All right, um, so does anybody have a good topic? I have one in mind, if no one else does, for what we can do for stock of the week. Um, no, you already know my stock of the year. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, which I think will play well into my idea then for Stock of the Week, which with uh, PS5 releasing Xbox Series X slash S, NVIDIA's releasing a ton of gaming stuff, AMD's blowing up, Nintendo Switch is still selling out. If you had to buy one gaming stock right now, what would it be? And I already know Andrew's answer. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Andrew. Let's exclude Corsair for now. Okay. Oh, yep, that man. works. That was the whole meme, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I already gave it away before he started. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything but Corsair, then, I guess. Okay. Uh, just another clarifying question. Does it have to be, like, a gaming system stock? Like, one of those three consoles slash PC? Or does can it be peripherals like Corsair? Or It can be anything as long as you can make it related to gaming. Besides, like, I don't know, antivirus. That's not related to gaming. Oh, <laughs> Mm. Okay. Don't tell me to buy so... a <laughs> So if you want to lose a lot of money, I would just buy Intel right now because <laughs> it's my only stock down right now. <laughs> Told you to sell it. Um, uh, I'll wait till it goes back up. If it does, I have faith. I have faith. Okay. Um, Timor, do you have one in, on yeah. in your head already? Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and go with Tencent. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, they currently own 100% of Riot, uh, 40% of Epic, uh, 11% of Google, 5% of Ubisoft, 5% Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just tons more. Point being, um, I think they'd cover the holiday video game rush pretty well, but at the same time, I think people have already bought most of the video games they're going to buy for this year, because, I mean getting stuck in at home for nine months in a row <laughs> tends to do that to people christmas is still right around the corner that's true um yeah and i guess i mean for call of duty yeah I, i'd go with 10 cent just on the christmas note i think you'd have to be proactive because just for you know the early birds of people buying gifts i know that a bulk of people buy gifts last second yep <laughs> like right before christmas but <laughs> i haven't started i think you could definitely gain a lot of value if you go in a little earlier 
Uh, I think you were next, Chris. Uh, I know. I, I made the question, and I don't have an answer, really, uh, yet. Um, Maybe you shouldn't go last, because I usually let the person who asked the question go last. Yeah, yeah, do that. You go you Unless go they next. go first. You tell me what your thoughts are. Okay. I'll just, just whip it. Um, I mean, I don't know if this... I don't think it caters to any specific games coming out or systems coming out. And this is even longer term, but I mean, Unity is just uh, my second go-to stock at the moment. Woo! Meme uh, stock! House... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just with just with how strong it oscillates at a wide margin as at that, because... It can go from you know ninety six dollars all the way up to one hundred and twenty two, and that's a huge gap or a huge swing if you're if you're going for that, and that's one sort of uh, I guess methodology that I want to to learn to do better <laughs> and take advantage of. So yeah, Unity is just my Unity is my ambitious stock for for just like getting more slightly more immediate uh cash and making it repeatable over time yeah that's my ambition for it nice okay so i i was on the fence with this one but i think it's probably uh my best option which would be uh nintendo i think honestly because who else is going to be good with you know the the demographic that's Christmas is really for, which is young children. Uh, you know, I mean, th- Christmas isn't about us or older people. Uh, so Wait, I think Chris, you're telling me Santa isn't real? What? No, I'm no, just kidding. No. Kidding, just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, God, don't terrify yeah, me like this. Santa is real. Yeah. Like, don't be an asshole. God. <laughs> I'm still expecting him to put trees under my. Er, <laughs> gifts under my tree you this want, year <laughs> you want trees under your presents? yes plant more trees please um no but i i think you know that the main demographic is little kids um and i mean that's what nintendo does best is little kid games i mean the mario games have you seen bayonetta that's that's fair uh yeah um but I, I, in general i mean you think Mario Kart, you know, you think what what would you buy a little kid for a video game console? You don't buy them a PlayStation 5. You buy them a Nintendo console, whatever that is. The Wii or the Wii U or the Switch. Okay, maybe not the Wii U. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, th- I think Nintendo is the big go-to for a lot of people when they think about that. Especially when you think about parents who are buying these things. You know, that's where they go to. And they have a ton of first-party games that everyone loves. It's, it's tried and true. Uh, and as you know, I'm the most stable investor, I think, of the three of us. So, maybe I'm just a wimp. <laughs> well, just, I don't know, I have something to say about that. Because, like, if you're thinking about continuing to be stable, I don't know. Nintendo just seems weird to me, because I don't know, I don't have a flipping clue what makes that thing go up or down. Because, let me just check the history... Okay, so it, yeah, it actually does go up. Yeah, I don't know what their actual at the is. end of the years. Um, NTDOY. Is that actually Nintendo? I think that's the Nintendo. Uh, yeah, um, I mean it'd be a Japanese company, right? So you'd buy it over the counter. Uh, I yeah. Believe. It has two tickers. It looks like to me. There's the Y and the F. The F is bigger. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know the difference. Is it double? <laughs> is F double? No, it's many more times. It's 531. And the Y is 66. Four times, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Um, usually, uh, different uh, versions of the same company will have, like, different, like, legal implications. So, like, you buy one, like, uh, ADR. I believe that's American Depository something or other. Um, that's, like, an equivalent that you can buy on your broker's American end that would represent X amount of shares uh, in the host country. And there's a different way that you can just buy the real company, the company's actual shares directly. Um, but those are companies, that, th those are shares that the company has specifically set aside for a different, you know, regional market like the U.S. And just a little bit back to what I was saying, uh, just to round that off. Yeah, I'm just looking at the history of Nintendo. It does seem like they go up sometimes in the summer and then back down and then back up for the holidays. It seems like that's the trend I'm seeing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds about right. I don't know if I was, if I wasn't looking at those dates, I would just be really confused on why it's going up and down so much. For for clarity here, people, these are just our opinions of an impulse question that we ask each other at the end of the show. So, these are by no means recommendations; more just a fun game we play. I think your idea is good. Just getting in at an early enough time to to ride those is good. I mean, Black Friday is next week, so, yeah. Anyone going Black Friday shopping? Uh, no, not <laughs> out. I'm doing, like, <laughs> I'm having, or I planned a day for Cyber Monday. Chill out and look for deals online at the same time. Nice. Just took that day off, and hopefully we can just, yeah, relax, find something good to buy. Yeah, I plan to uh, go Black Friday shopping. I would absolutely love to be packed in a store full of people trying to get boxes of stuff uh, in the middle of the worst pandemic we've ever had, like in our lifetimes. Um, it sounds like it couldn't go wrong, so uh, I'll let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> well, to more, to more. I don't know. I don't know why you're being so passive aggressive because there's like insane deals like in stores right now. Like you can't even get them online. Like I heard there was this buy one get one free for this this product called COVID-19 and it's just like Ooh. You can get that for just, a buy one get one. It makes your whole life uh it changes it makes, your life. It it, <laughs> it changes your life and it life-changing products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah. Damn. It'll make your knees weak for the rest of your life. Damn, can I get that for the Switch? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> yep. Um, Alright. Andrew, do you want to lead us out? Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's Magnitude Podcast. I hope we rocked your world. And this has been yours truly, Andrew, Tamor, and Christopher. And we hope you have a great, wonderful day, evening, night, whatever you're doing right now. Just appreciate it. Love it hate it. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, just have a great day.